from the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people. Credit Union ideas. The 2022 Co-op Think Conference featured sessions on consumer preferences and behavior, cryptocurrency, payments, financial well-being, and more. I'm Bill Merrick, Deputy Editor for CUNA News. In this episode of the CUNA News Podcast, we share a conversation Senior Editor Ron Jose had with some of the speakers during the week-long event in Chicago. First up are CUNA President and CEO Jim Nussel and National Credit Union Foundation Executive Director Gigi Hyland, who share their perspectives on financial well-being for all. Jim and Gigi, you're both talking about financial wellness and credit unions today. Do you want to tell us a little bit what you're going to be talking about? Well, I'll start by just saying, I mean, obviously there is a huge need in America today, right? Our credit union members are struggling. Americans in general are struggling with their finances. We see this. I mean, it's not just because of the pandemic. Now we have inflation added to this and so many other pressures that are happening. And so what credit unions are doing and need to continue to lean into is ensuring that the financial well-being of their members is first and foremost in their number one mission. And most are doing that with such great precision. We just want to continue to do it, measure it, and tell the great story about it. Yeah, it's something they do naturally. And Gigi, what is something credit unions can do today to kind of emphasize with their financial wellness with their members? Well, thanks, Ron. I think to build on what Jim said, you know, this is nothing new for credit unions. This is their DNA. This is why credit unions were formed in the Great Depression when people were challenged on their financial well-being then. And it's no different now. The difference is that life is much more complex now. You've got cryptocurrency. You've got technology. So what credit unions do now that is working on financial well-being for all is they're starting with their employees. They're thinking about how do I make sure that my employees are financially well so that when they turn and they face the They are armed with the knowledge and the skills to be able to really meet people where they are in life. Then they also shift their financial literacy to really financial well-being for all. Because financial literacy just says, I'm just going to teach you all I know about financial things. Not a good place to start. Makes people feel like they're dumb. People aren't dumb. People want to know about their finances. So those two things are shifts that credit unions have made that are really making a difference in people's financial lives. And they're critical conversations for everyone. Very much so. Next, Samantha Paxson, Chief Experience Officer for Co-op Solutions, explains why credit unions need to reframe the value proposition they offer members. Samantha, yesterday you did a presentation on some new research that Co-op Solutions recently did, and you mentioned some opportunity gaps for credit unions. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we did present some research that we did with EY and Feline. And part of what we found in the research is that we spoke to credit unions. Feline helped us really understand what's on credit unions' leaders' minds. And we spoke to members and prospects of credit unions. And what we found is that the end consumer is not trusting credit unions to deliver what they expect in their financial lives. And what they're needing is greater engagement. They're needing greater digital engagement to help them meet their daily needs as they move money throughout their day, as they pay for things, as they go shopping. And they're also needing a stronger capability about understanding their financial position and then being able to take action. Whereas credit union leaders, they're worried about earnings, experiences, and expenses. And they're also 
focused on there is so much change in our marketplace. There's so much competition. They're kind of feeling overwhelmed on the decisions that they need to make in order to grow and meet those members' needs. And what they're leaning toward is really what's always worked for them. What has gotten us here can continue to propel us into the future. And they're focused on lending. And lending's great. It's We've always been known as the credit union movement as providing the best deal in town, the lowest rates on loans. What members are expecting is a lot more than that. And what they're finding is that they're trusting fintechs, neobanks, and big tech to provide that to them. There's a new value proposition that credit unions kind of need to embrace. Can you talk a little bit about that as well? The value proposition remains true to people helping people. It's reframing how we deliver on that. So often, we see that value proposition as being able to get, as I said a moment ago, get the best deal on a loan. That's like a you term get the Bill lowest, Cheney uses. Yeah. I know. I've heard Bill Cheney say that often. Yes. That credit unions are the best deal in town. Yeah, right, and, they, and they are. The challenge is that a member gets a loan once every five years, you know, sometimes longer than that. Sure. And we have an opportunity to not wait for that lending moment. They need help in their financial lives day to day. They need to understand, how are my subscriptions adding up? I need to be able to understand it's so easy to shop and pay digitally with the digital transformation of our environment, our consumer environment, and things like Amazon. And then they need to understand, how can I better meet my daily incremental financial goals to get to better outcomes? So we have to think Our value proposition, our mission of people helping people is in the daily behavior of the member. And if we do that, we will grow. Jeff Pascoe, Vice President of Digital Services and Payments at Vibe Credit Union in Novi, Michigan, shares how stacking easy wins can help credit unions compete with fintechs. Jeff, yesterday you guys did a session on how credit unions can compete with the fintech model. Mm -hmm. And one thing you talked about was how credit unions can stack easy wins. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't matter where a credit union's at in their path. They could be early on in their data journey or their payment journey. There are ways they can take advantage of wherever they're at in their path. So they could be looking at just new cards and and getting that card activated and getting that first purchase a lot quicker. Yeah, they have that card. The card is essential. Yeah, the card is, if you think about it, it's another extension of your relationship and your brand. So every time they use that card, they're choosing to use, hopefully subliminally, they just continue to do that. And that really leads to more engagement with your credit union. That's why we've tied a lot of our digital strategy and our payment strategy, just because we find one goes with the other. And it's just been mounds of data that we're able to collect, but use very effectively to help our members make better decisions. And as you said, credit unions in this competitive landscape, they have a position to defend here. Yeah, they really do. I I hear a lot of my other credit union folks, fintechs, they are dangerous. They are out there. They are changing the experiences. But I always like to remind them, don't forget, you have a defined membership base. They're loyal. They're great participants in your cooperative goals. So you're really coming at it from the other side of the equation where you have the customers or the members, in this case, already ready to go with you. And so you're just looking to continue to defend and extend what you've already done in your communities. So it's not a starting from scratch, but it is 
taking this position that we've already put in place, defending it by removing friction and make it more member-friendly language in, in just some common ways that you can just make it easier to do business with you. Yeah, the fintechs are good at doing the simple messaging. That was another thing that they talked about, doing simple direct messaging. And that's one thing credit unions can capitalize on and one thing you've made it a point to emphasize as well. Yeah, you have to give them credit. They really took things that were complex and made very, very simple in a way, uh, frankly, and sometimes we can be jealous, but we know the regulatory landscape. We have years and years of experience already navigating some of that, so we should be a little bit better, and I think credit unions are really starting to show their teeth. It's going well. Savanya Kinyan, Senior Vice President, Member Services for Credit Union of Southern California, explains that institution's approach to cryptocurrency. Savan, we just got out of a session on cryptocurrency, and do you want to tell me a little bit about uh, your credit union strategy with cryptocurrency, where you guys are so far? Sure. Uh, credit Union of Southern California is, is definitely in a wait-and-see approach. We've done our due diligence. Uh, there are a couple partners out there that you know we're, we're keeping an eye on. But we're trying to figure out where it fits within our strategic priorities, you know, to retain members, to retain deposits, sure. and sort of let's watch what other credit unions and banks are doing with crypto. As you said, you've done your due diligence, and yeah. that, that includes your members. And mm-hmm. where are your members at as far as their activity with sure. crypto, as far as you've been, you've been able to discern? Yeah, so we, we track our members. We track where, where money's moving to, where money's coming back into us. We've seen over the last year... 8,000 unique uh, members do a crypto transaction or move money into one of those crypto platforms, totaling about $16 million in and out. And so it's an amount. I don't know if it's significant enough yet for us to you know, really jump into it, but we're going to continue to watch it. We're going to continue to see if volume goes up, down, and, and, and see where we go from there. What kind of crypto do you think your members are investing in that you can discern again? Yeah, it's really difficult, it right? Is. We on, we only see Coinbase. We don't know if it's Bitcoin, Ethereum, Dogecoin, whatever it may be. So it's really hard. And, and so far, the vendors out there that are willing to partner with a credit union are only at the moment doing Bitcoin. Okay. I know Ethereum is next. But again, are these members buying and selling Bitcoin and Ethereum, is this going to meet their need? And right. we're, we're not certain of that yet. And you touched a little bit on your, the roadmap that you guys mm-hmm. would like to follow. Do you want to just touch on that a little bit too? That's it's, I found it very interesting. Yeah. you know, So I think where we would love to see a synergy with some of these partners is around rewards, where our members right now today, either credit card or debit card, have reward systems in place to where now instead of buying a gift card, they might buy Bitcoin as one of those options. And so I think, again, it's not fun money or monopoly money, but I'm not as concerned about losing 20% of value of Bitcoin overnight if it's just this rewards that I got. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's it's interesting how Bitcoin has become a piece of the payments ecosystem. And finally, I want to ask you, what advice would you give other credit unions, what you guys have gone through as far as getting a lay of the land on crypto? Yeah, I mean, really do due diligence. Uh, Look at your members, look at where they're moving their money and see if it's a significant amount of investment for you to one, financially invest, resources, support, right? Yeah. Contact centers, they're going to get calls about Bitcoin. Are you prepared for that? Really do your due diligence and see how it fits into your strategic priorities because it's easy to see the shiny thing and say, we got to do it, right? But really see if it it fits and if it's in your strategy to get a piece of that pie. 
Author and behavioral economist Melina Palmer advises credit unions to create brain-friendly interactions with members. As I just found out, Melina, you have a lot of credit union experience as well. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about behavioral economics and how it applies in credit unions? Of course, yeah. So behavioral economics is essentially the psychology of why people buy, why they do the things they do, the choices they make, and then understanding how you can use that. For me, having a rich history in credit unions, uh, having worked at one for six years before getting my master's in behavioral economics, really looking for the way that you can better communicate with people to make it more brain-friendly, as I like to say. And the way we think that people should do things is often not what they actually do. And that's kind of the crux of behavioral (laughs) economics. (laughs) Yes. And so understanding that the brain sometimes makes these illogical or seemingly irrational leaps. But if you understand the rules that the brain uses to make decisions, you can make it so it's easier for people to choose you and to do business with you, especially in a commoditized industry like we have here, being able to really speak to the brain of somebody who might choose you and resonate with your membership is something behavioral economics can help with. I found it very interesting that you worked in a credit union for several years and then you went and got your degree in behavioral economics. So can you tell us some applications, how credit unions can apply behavioral economics today? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the easiest concepts, and it's the first one I introduce in my book, is framing, which is how you say something matters much more than what it is that you say. And so one of my favorite examples of this being, if you were to go to the grocery store, you're going to buy some ground beef. There are two stacks identical. The only difference is One is labeled as 90% fat-free, and the other is 10% fat. Which one do you want to buy? Do you feel more compelled to get? And around the world, I've given this talk to thousands of people, always, most everybody says 90% fat-free feels better. You know, it's the thing that we want. Logically, we know it's the same thing, but we're drawn toward one over the other because of the way that the information hits the brain. And so there are a lot of times you might be communicating, you're talking about the right thing, it's priced the right way, it's competitive, you're just talking about it as 10% fat terms instead of that 90% fat-free. So a credit union that I worked with on a consulting basis had a rewards checking account. They were super excited about launching years ago. And the message they wanted to go with on all their billboards and everything was earn up to 1.26% APY on up to $25,000 in balances, which is jargony. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, you know, you get in on the inside and it feels like a compelling message because you're excited about it, but it doesn't drive someone to make a change. So got to flip the frame on that and instead had everything say, did your checking account pay you $315 last year? Which you can very quickly say, no, it didn't. And hey, who's talking about that? You get a little bit excited, you get curious and interested. So that reframe, they didn't have to change their media buy or anything they were planning on doing. We just changed that messaging. And they ended up with an increase of 60% month over month checking account growth with the same media buy and everything they were already planning and launching that product. Yeah, and that's what they mentioned, that one of the things that have made these fintechs so successful is not just the technology, but it's the way they've messaged in the way uh, Sally Krawcheck said, the way they got away from jargon. Mm-hmm. So the kind of things you're talking about, basically, as uh, psychology. Right. Yeah. And just knowing that often less is more, but knowing the right thing and really what I work with 
credit unions and other organizations on a lot is just making sure you're working on the right problem. What feels like is the problem is often not the real problem. So spending more time making sure you're finding the right answer to the right question. Because if you're working on the wrong one, it's just a lot of wasted time and effort. Carrie Stapp, Vice President and Director of Integrated Marketing at Co-op Solutions, offers insights into consumers' changing definition of trust. Carrie, this morning you discussed some of the proprietary research you did with E&Y, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the things you talked about was the changing definition of consumer trust and financial well-being. Do you want to dig a little deeper with on that for us and yeah. talk about it? Yeah, this was a really important finding out of our research where we started to take a look at not just the products and services that they wanted their financial provider to offer, but what are the behaviors they're looking to have solved. And so as we ask these questions and we ask them, who's your primary financial provider? One of the biggest things we saw was trust growing in fintechs and trust decreasing in credit unions specifically. And so what we started to find was this evolving definition of trust where we as credit union leaders have typically said trust in privacy and security and data and having my best interest at heart has really been the backbone of what has made up that definition of trust. And what consumers are now telling us is that convenience and ease of use is rivaling that traditional definition. And so they're not trusting that credit unions are going to bring them the tools that they need to make their lives convenient and to make their financial services easy to use. Still trusting credit unions to have their best interest at heart in data privacy and security, but because that is now rivaled by that convenience and ease of use, that's where trust is starting to wane and fintechs are winning. And then that leads then to financial well-being because their lives are so disaggregated and I'm managing all of these subscription payments or PayPal, Venmo, all of these ways that I live my life every day in the daily active engagement. It's not now just about planning for retirement or buying a home. It's about managing my money in, managing my money out. And so financial well-being also brings in that topic of daily active engagement, to help me manage what's happening for me today so that I can build towards those long-term future goals. And so those two evolving definitions are really, really important for credit union leaders to start to embrace and understand to truly be able to say you're member-centric. And you gave a little anecdote about how the daily active engagement, how the Mm -hmm. the solutions that you offer at Co-op help consumers prepare and there's a constancy in their life. Do you want to tell a little bit about that? Yeah, we're referring to that now as daily constancy. And so when you think about traditional products that credit unions have been built on, lending products, both consumer mortgage lending, savings accounts, and you think about how often do I think about my loans or my savings accounts, it's not every day. It doesn't happen for me every day. I drive my car every day, but I make a payment once a month, and a lot of times that's automated. What is happening for me every day is I leave my home, I go through Starbucks or I grab a coffee somewhere, I'm making that payment either in-app or I'm swiping a card, get gas, get groceries, pay for something at my kid's school. And so payments are behind what's happening for me and allows me to live my life every day as I move from place to place. And so that's really that daily constancy that needs to happen in order to get that engagement. Not just from a, are they using me, but also that insight that comes along, that data that comes along with all of that transaction to help me understand 
what are my members doing every day? What are the problems that they're encountering and how do I help them solve it? If we're focused on products that we're considering passive instead of daily active, then we don't have not only the touch point with them every day, but we also don't have the insights that we need about how you're living your life, which is what consumers are now come to expect, right? Every time I buy something, even in the e-commerce world, there's a recommendation of the next thing or an email comes to me. And so sure. this is what we're used to in our lives. So it's really about bringing it into that daily active engagement, but yet being behind the scenes with that, that is really super important. So a big takeaway, how can credit unions differentiate themselves from FinTech? So I think there's two things. Number one is the equity that they have already built in the trust factor in the traditional sense, that hasn't gone away. And so you have a younger demographic that wants to be connected to brand, that wants to have an affinity for companies that are doing the right thing. And that is everything that credit unions are. But they aren't bringing me the tools that I need. And so our research, we actually developed two different tactics that we're saying first is, number one, develop those daily and digital tools. Whatever my segment is that I'm servicing, whether it's you know hospital workers or municipality workers or teachers or students, understand your segment and how they want to use and how I get to be that daily constant with them. And then it's not enough to just have those products. We have to educate them. We have to engage them and we have to embed it in their lives. So how then second step of that is to how do I get the active engagement of that and encourage them to use it? How do I get them to understand this makes their lives easier and better and let me be the hub for all of this disaggregation you have going on in your life. So when they talk about meeting members where they are, yeah. that's what it's, it is. And, and it's why a lot of the theme of our, our think has been around what we're calling the new member centricity. It's an agenda, right? Know your members like never before, and then meet them in the moments that matter most, which is every day, my everyday life. Right. And then bring me the technology, converge and bring that connection so that me as a member, I'm connected to you and all of my life is connected in a centralized hub. We conclude with Jean Chatsky, author and personal finance expert, who discusses her takeaways from the conference. Jean, as host, are there any themes that have kind of resonated with you this week from the conference? Um, Many themes that have kind of resonated with me this week. Financial wellness for all is a big theme. And we had people on the stage talking about bringing financial wellness to all credit union members and meeting them where they are. That's been a very important theme that has sort of run through the conference. We've also talked a lot about technology and new technology, and I I sense a lot of people trying to figure out their way into crypto and into the newer technologies that are emerging to figure out, you know, what credit union members want from these technologies, how they want to tap into them, and how the credit unions are going to make them more accessible. Yeah, and they're all very fascinating, and it's very compelling the way these new providers are able to message today's consumer. When we look at the fintechs, and that's been another theme, right, that fintechs are breathing down the neck of, and it's not just credit unions, by the way, right? It's it's all financial institutions. Oh, absolutely. That's what I mean. When we look at that, I think a lot of these fintechs are mono-focused, right? They're doing one thing, at least at the beginning, and they're trying to do it well. Credit unions do many things for many people, and so 
figuring out how to message against that laser focus message is difficult. Jean, you've been a personal finance guru. You have a national name, but you've always been in the corner of credit unions. What is it about credit unions that, that hits home with you? Credit unions help people. Look, I, I do what I do because I get the opportunity to help people. And so I think, you know, our missions are just the same. We're coming at it from, from yeah. two different places, but credit unions are the good guys. And you mentioned financial wellness, which is a theme. Our CEO, Jim Nussel. Yeah, and, uh, and exactly, Gigi Hiley yeah, exactly. on stage talking about that. Is there one thing that credit unions can do to improve the financial wellness of their members' lives? Is this something no, that comes thing. off the top, off the top of your head? I think it really comes down to figuring out a way to meet members where they are on the financial wellness curve. I've been working on this a lot in my own life, and we have developed a, a program called Finance Fix that some credit unions are looking at beta testing and tapping into, and it's just a different way of coaching and meeting people where they are. Sure. For credit union customers, I don't think a completely automated fintech approach is going to hit these people where they live. I think you've got to make sure that it's people and technology and an element of human interaction along with the technology to bring people along. Yeah, financial wellness is different for everyone. It is. Yeah. It is. And so when we, you know, I, how many times in this five-minute interview have I said meet people where they are? Right. But, but that's what it's about. And people learn differently. They receive information differently. There are different points in their lives. Credit unions need a solution that say to people, yes, we're well-rounded. We have what you need. You just have to figure out how to tap in and access it. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio. 